Hey, Crossroads family and everybody else, I want to also add my voice to saying thank you to our military, but a special thanks to all the families who had somebody serve our country and pay the ultimate price so that we could have freedom. And on a day like this, we should never forget. On a time like this, we should always remember. And so I today am joining you in remembering. But I also want you to know, we're gonna talk about what God says about being a band of brothers, being a community together. And when we got ready for this weekend, we thought the very best person to bring this message was uh, Pastor Stephen McKinley. Uh, Stephen's one of my favorite preachers. He and Jess are one of my favorite couples. And right now, Crossroads, I want you to welcome Pastor Stephen McKinley. Good morning, good to be here. The reason I believe in the power of prayer is because this story that I once heard. There was this happily married couple. They had two daughters and a son. The son and the oldest daughter were best friends. They were two peas in a pod. The younger daughter, she wanted to have that kind of relationship. She loved her siblings, was really close to her siblings, but she wanted to have a best friend of her own. And so for years, she would ask her parents, Mom, can we have a baby? Dad, can we have a baby? And it got to the point where she was asking pretty much all of the time, and it got to the point where the parents are like, okay, why don't you keep praying, and in the meantime, we'll see what happens. So a little girl takes her parents at her word, and every time it's time for bed, she would get on her knees and she would pray, God, would you give me a best friend? God, would my mom be able to get pregnant? And she would do this week after week, month after month for a few years. And after, after years of praying and waiting, which felt like an eternity for this little girl, her prayers were finally answered and the couple would get pregnant. I mean, everybody is so excited. The parents are ecstatic that they're able to get pregnant. The siblings are jumping for joy that they're gonna have another sibling. And the younger sister, when she heard the news, she could not contain herself. One day, a few months into the pregnancy, the wife went to the doctors for a blood test that she had to get done. And she leaves the doctor's office, and about a week later, she gets a call from the doctor with the results from the blood test, and it wasn't good news. The test said that the baby had spina bifida and Down syndrome, and the doctor recommended that they terminate the pregnancy since the baby would not be able to live a normal life like the couple's other children and the baby would have all of these health challenges. The mom on the phone with the doctors hearing all of this news, she's absorbing it all and trying to process it at the same time and not knowing what to do. She hangs up from the doctor, not rudely, but the conversation ended. She hangs up with the doctor and she calls her husband right away. Her husband is hearing this news for the first time and they don't know what to do and so they said, let's pray together. And after they decided to pray together, they said, we need to tell our church family so they could be praying. The parents were Christians, so they knew that having an abortion was off the table. They knew they were not going to terminate the pregnancy, but they knew it was going to be a difficult journey ahead for them. And so after months of doctor's visits, which was a lot since this baby was very high risk, a lot of encouragement from friends being that it was a really challenging time, it was finally time for the mom to give birth. As you can imagine, there's so much anticipation after waiting all of these months People are really excited. People are on the edge, though. They don't really know what's going to happen. And finally, on September 7th, 1994, this baby was born. 
The mom gives birth, and in the doctor's arms, he's holding this newborn, and little does he know that he's holding a miracle in motion. He would later come to realize that when he eagerly turns the baby on his back so he could check his spine to look for the spina bifida, and he sees nothing but a mark. He looks over at the parents, shocked, confused, kind of like a deer caught in headlights, and he goes, guys, this is crazy. The test said that the baby had spina bifida and Down syndrome, but not anymore. And there I was in the doctor's arms, that healthy, miracle baby. And friends, this is why I believe in the power of prayer. This is why I believe in the power of community because there is some, this is something that we're gonna be talking about today and it's not just something we're gonna talk about, but it's something I'm passionate about because I'm a product of it. Today we're continuing week two of our series, what to do when life gets messy and we're continuing to look at the book of James where we're looking at what Jesus' brother James has to say. And in the passage that we're gonna be looking at today, we're gonna be looking at five verses. And in the five verses alone, James uses the word pray or prayer seven times. James is trying to get our attention. I imagine him to be like the people that work at the airport that have like the yellow, uh, like light up batons that they're calling in the planes, trying to get to the gate. And I imagine James is doing that for us. And he's like, guys, I'm talking about prayer a lot today. I don't want you to miss it. It is that important. Pay attention. I feel like he's just waving these batons, trying to get our attention. And so I hope you pay attention today. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 14 is where we're going to get started. And James says this. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. It's as if he knew we were in 2021. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, have you ever experienced something in life, good or bad, where you just had to tell someone about it? Anybody, by a show of hands, you just had to tell somebody about it. Like this news was too good or this news wasn't so good, you had to tell someone. I'm talking maybe you got a promotion at work. And like before you even left the parking lot of your job, you had to call your husband, you had to call your wife to let them know you had this promotion because it would kill you to drive home and without saying anything, it would bug you the entire drive home. Or maybe for others of you, you had a really, really bad day. Your boss was getting on your nerves. Everything that could go wrong went absolutely wrong. And you're like, I just cannot wait till my time is over. I'm gonna get in my car, I'm gonna call my best friend and I am going to vent. Are you parents? I'm not there yet. But have you ever had this happen to you where maybe moms, you're with your child all day and your child is not budging. You are so tired and you cannot wait for your husband to walk in that door so you can hand him the baby and say, I'm leaving. I need to catch my breath. James here in these verses is like, hey, in the same way that you want to loop in your friends and family members about what you're experiencing in life. God wants us to have that kind of relationship with you and I. We're in all of life's circumstances, the good and the bad, the highs and the lows. As Jesus followers, prayer should be our natural response to everything. When we're experiencing hardships of any kind, James is saying we need to pray. I love this. He says when you're happy, meaning when life is going well, he's like, hey, don't forget about God. Make sure you're thanking God for what you're experiencing him and praise him. He says, when you're sick, 
pray. And the word that James uses here when he's talking about sick, it doesn't only mean people who are physically sick. He's talking about people that are tired, that are weary, that feel like giving up. He's saying, pray. James is essentially getting at the fact that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you've experienced in life so far, we need to always be praying. But I got to be honest with you. As I was thinking about this, I feel like sometimes as followers of Jesus, we don't treat prayer like our first response. Instead, we treat prayer kind of like a spare tire. When we have challenges and things come up in our life or when life gets messy, our first option is usually to fix the problem on our own. Or maybe for others of you, you're not like that, but when you experience a problem, you go straight into worry mode and you're worrying about how the outcome is gonna end. Or others of you, you face difficulties and you just complain about the situation that you find yourselves in and prayer is not our first option or our second option. And then finally, when none of those other options work, when we can't fix it, when we're complaining, when we're worried, and that does absolutely nothing to fix our situation, we then resort to prayer. Like when that family member gets COVID and they're in the ICU and there's nothing else you can do but pray. Or life at home is difficult, your marriage is on the rocks and there's nothing else to do but pray. When you get laid off from your job because they had to make cuts, you pray. And James is like, friends, let's not have prayer be our last option. Let's make sure prayer is our first option, not our third or our second. He goes on in verse 15 and he says this. He says, such a prayer, there's that word again, offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray, there we go again, for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. First off, James is saying, hey, Prayer should be our natural response to anything we experience, good or bad. And then he takes it a step further. And remember, James is talking to a group of people that have been forced to move their homes, leave their homes because of their faith. They've been mistreated. And some are at a place where they're just tired. They feel like throwing in the towel. They just want to give up. And he's like, hey, make sure prayer is always your first option, but also Make sure you're not doing life alone and that you have other believers in your corner. And I'm here to tell you the same thing, friends. We need each other. We need other believers that we can go to and ask for prayer. Other believers need us that we could pray for them and not the, they tell you something, you're like, oh, I'll pray for you later, and then we forget. I'm, I'm guilty of that for sure. But we need people that are like, hey, could you pray for me? And they stop right where they are in their tracks and they pray over their people. We need people that are gonna hold us accountable from making life decisions that aren't good for us that could end our marriages. We need other believers that can inspire us when we're feeling depleted and down in the dumps. We need trusted people in our lives. And notice the word trusted, that we can share our struggles with so we're not alone in the dark. We need one another. Community cannot exist without you and I. The word community literally cannot exist without you and I. And when I say community, I'm talking people that are like-minded, people that have the same convictions as us, people who have the same priorities as us. And the truth is the devil wants more than anything than to make you feel like you're alone. 
He'll he'll plant seeds into your thoughts, for example. Man, I'm the only person going through this. I'm the only one with marital problems. I'm the only one dealing with anxiety. I'm the only one in my friend group that's single. Nobody else understands the struggle of being single. Or he plants thoughts like, man, no one else will understand. And then we start to think to ourselves, you're right. No one else is going to understand. No one else will understand the financial stress that I'm in. No one else will understand the past decisions I've made. And friends, I'm here to tell you and encourage you, we need to be careful because those are two very dangerous statements that we need to stop telling ourselves. Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, he even says that nothing new is under the sun. So whatever you're going through, someone else has probably already gone through it or is currently going through it. You're not alone. And the problem is, once we start to think we're alone, we start to isolate ourselves from other believers. We start to isolate ourselves from those trusted people, from those people that we need to be close with. In Proverbs 18, 1, it says this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. And I love this, he breaks out against all sound judgment. It's not good for us to be alone. We need others that can give us advice. We need others that can give us a shoulder to lean on. We need people that genuinely care about us. My parents were able to get through that hard time in their life, the hard pregnancy with me, because they had their community, they had people, they had pastors praying for them and going to them for advice. We need each other, but we also need to be those people for one another. Uh, A few weeks ago, as I was preparing for this message, I got a DM or a direct message on Instagram. It's kind of funny how that works from a girl who works at Chipotle. And uh, anybody like Chipotle in here? A few, okay. I just started liking it. My wife loves it, but she got me hooked now. And so we go to this Chipotle pretty often. And so because we're there pretty frequently, the girl knows that I serve here at the church. And so she DM'd me or direct messaged me and she's like, hey, can you pray for me? Could you and your wife pray for me? My semester is coming to an end. This year online has been really difficult. I have finals around the corner. I'm really struggling. I don't know what my future holds. I'm really having a hard time. Can you pray for me? And I read this message and I kid you not, Jess was next to me in the car and I thought to myself and I just smiled and I'm like, man, This is what it's all about. This girl barely knows who I am, yet she reached out because she knows she needs other people around her. Guys, let me talk to you for a second. I know sometimes we can get into the mindset of, man, I got it on my own. I don't need anybody else. Men, I hate to break it to you. We need other men that we can go to. Ladies, so do you. I want to speak to the moms for a second because my sisters are moms, and I know a lot of moms, and I feel like You could be here today and you feel like you're isolated, alone on this island of parenting and you're struggling in your parenting. Can I encourage you? You need other moms around you that you can go to for advice, that you could share things because you're not alone on this journey of parenting. The truth is no matter who you are, whether you're single, married, you need community. I need community. And it breaks my heart knowing that there's people in this room, there's people online, there's people on our patio, there's people walking around this earth that are longing for community, but they don't have it. And the saddest part is they don't have to. See, here at Crossroads, we are passionate about people getting their circles, finding their crews, getting people to do life with, which is why one of the areas we stress is being in a life group where it's a space where you can create healthy 
friendships. You can hang out with people that will have your back both physically and spiritually. There, there's something so powerful, and I do this every single Monday, and in just a little bit, you're gonna hear from one of my friends who's in my life group. But there's something so powerful when you're having a hard day, when you're struggling, when you're going through a messy situation, and you're able to just talk to your people, and they're there literally all ears just listening, and then they pray over you. This is what we need in our life. If you're not a part of a life group, I'm not just saying this, we need to be a part of a life group. Maybe for others of you, it's serving on a team here. There are plenty of people that joined our junior high team that were longing for friendships, that were longing for community. Once they joined our team, they found their people, and maybe that's you. Maybe for you guys, you're like, I'm not down for a long-term commitment. I just want to do something and leave. June 26th, we have our Man Up event where you literally could come, enjoy yourself, find your crew, find your band of brothers, and then be able to do life with other people. Women, there's something for you too. There's this women's study that is absolutely incredible. My wife has gone through it twice already, and uh, it's this teaching for like eight weeks. And there was this one time, we're in the room, and, and I was working on something, and she's watching this teaching on the TV. And I'm not a woman, as you can see, and I'm like, I'm listening to this thing. I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm doing it. It's all about like Jesus and how he treated women. And I'm listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I kind of want to join this class, even though I'm not allowed. <laughs> women, let me tell you, that is an option for you. 10 out of 10, I would recommend it. And so if any of these things are of interest to you, go to crossroadschurch.family for more information. But James can't stress it and neither can I. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, we need each other. We need our band of brothers and sisters. We cannot be alone on this journey of life. And James goes on in verse 17 and he says this. He says, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, meaning intense, with passion, believing the words that he was saying that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Could you imagine it not raining for three and a half years? I'm from New York. It rains like all the time over there. It says, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. And here we are, James goes back to the topic of prayer. And James is telling us, hey, as Jesus followers, prayer, we should be praying in all seasons of life. It should be our natural response. And then he uses Elijah as an example. And, and the audience that he's speaking to, they would have sat right up in their chairs. They would have turned their ear once they heard the name Elijah because Elijah was a prophet that they admired. They loved Elijah. And James is wanting them to understand that Elijah prayed for no rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain. And then when he prayed for it to rain in 1 Kings, it rained. And James wants them to understand that they can have that same kind of power that Elijah had. He said, I love it, he says, Elijah was human. Meaning Elijah went to the bathroom, Elijah slept, Elijah didn't have any superpowers. I mean, Elijah was depressed. Yet when he prayed for it to not rain, it didn't rain. And friends, I'm here to tell you, we can have that same kind of power in our prayer lives, the same power that Elijah has, because we're connecting with the God of the universe through prayer. And when we pray, it's more powerful than dynamite. But, but I think I gotta be honest with you one more time just because that's what I'm called to do. I think some of us, we struggle with prayer because we treat God like a microwave. 
I don't know about you, but I want my food done really quick, so I'm gonna heat it up for 30 seconds. I don't care if the center is cold, I'm gonna eat it as long as some of it is hot. I think some of us, we approach God in prayer and we pray, God, would you do this? God, would you move in my life? God, would this person be able to come back to you? God, could you do a work in my life? And after 30 seconds, after a short time of praying, no response, we give up and we're like, I guess God wasn't real. I guess God didn't do what he said he was gonna do. And James is like, no, earnest prayer changes things. When you believe what you're praying and when you actually are speaking, you're not just speaking words into thin air, you're communicating with the God of the universe. When you do that, it changes things. Don't give God just 30 seconds. It could take years. It could take an eternity. As I was talking to my friend who I've been talking about quite recently, he's gonna join me here on stage in just a second. We, we were talking and I'm like, man, I really wanna illustrate the power of prayer. Because I, I personally know how powerful prayer is. I'm a product of it. And I'm like, how do I illustrate to our people that prayer is powerful? And he's like, hey, have you ever uh, seen a claymore before? And I'm like, not really, other than in Call of Duty. Um, but this is a claymore that you would use in war. And what you would do if you're like me and you didn't know what a claymore is, basically, you'd put it on the floor, it would be hidden, and you would, you would leave it there, right? And what happens is there's a wire that's attached to the claymore. And I'll hold it up so everybody could see. And there's a wire that's attached to this claymore. And what would happen is when the enemy runs by or when the enemy walks by this claymore and he hits the wire, it trips it up and it creates this huge explosion. And it could take out the enemy. I was watching videos, it is literally insane. This claymore is pretty tiny, it's not that big. Yet it has so much power. And friends, your prayer could seem so insignificant. It could feel so small, yet I'm telling you, when you're speaking and you're communicating with the God of the universe, your life could have that kind of power as well. When we're believing for God to move, when we're trusting him to come through in our lives, we have that kind of power. And some of us, we don't need these claymores in our life. We need more of a spiritual claymore in our life where we need to tell other people the season of life that we're going through. We need to share what we're going through so we can have people that are constantly praying for us, constantly praying for our families, praying for our spiritual health. Friends, I don't want you to underestimate the power of prayer and having a band of brothers or sisters praying for you as well. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Steve, you've talked about prayer probably a thousand times. I've been counting. At least that's what our middle schoolers do. They count every single time I use a word, like more than once. So like you said it seven times. You said this eight times. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, you talked a lot about prayer. And as you can see, that's what James wants us to understand, the power of prayer and community. And maybe you're here and you're like, I don't really know how to pray. Uh, maybe I don't feel comfortable praying out loud. I, I don't really feel comfortable praying with other people. Can I just encourage you and tell you, literally, like you would talk to a friend, like you would talk to a parent, prayer is just like that. You're just communicating with God. You don't have to overthink it. And I wanna encourage you, fathers, I think there's something so powerful when you pray over your children, and maybe you don't feel comfortable, and that's why I'm trying to make it easy for you. What do you want God to do with your children and their future? Literally speak that out loud over their life and communicate with God so they could see you praying, but they could also learn how to pray. Maybe for you, you're here and you're single, 
And you're like, I don't really pray. I don't really know how. I don't feel very comfortable with praying. I would encourage you. What do you want to see in your significant others? Speak that and talk to God about it. Because I'm telling you, when we're praying and we're actually believing the words that we're saying, it gives God an opportunity to move. And I promise you, God is on the other end and he's just listening. And he's like, man, I like these people. They're communicating with me. That is what I long for. And we don't have to have all these nice words to say. We literally just have to communicate with God and believe the words that we're speaking. Look at what Romans 8.26 says. It says this. Now in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit is going to do his work. The Holy Spirit is going to move. The Holy Spirit is going to guide our conversation. It's going to guide our life. It's going to do some power. He's going to do some powerful things in us and through us. But it starts with us initiating the conversation. It starts with us praying. Even when we don't have the words like Romans says, the Holy Spirit is going to do the work in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, make sure this week, you're constantly filling God in like you would fill a friend in. Make sure you're finding your community. And the truth is, there are people that are in this room that are going through a messy situation and we don't even know it because we don't talk about it. Can we normalize sharing what we're going through so that we can have other people praying for us at all times so we could set up these claim wars in our life knowing that there are people backing us in prayer, standing in the gap and saying, hey, I got you. You know, our, I wasn't going to say this, but we have a couple in our lives when we got married, Jessica and I, and they committed a whole year to praying for us every single day. And can I tell you, there's just something so powerful about waking up in the morning, knowing that you're covered in prayer and that there's people actually praying for you. What would it look like if we were like that for other people? What would it look like if you had that in your life? But it starts with us initiating, asking, and being that person. Well, today, uh, as I've said multiple times, I have my friend Travis that's going to join me here on stage. And uh, Travis is an incredible person. And as we've been talking about the power of prayer, as we've been talking about the power of community, Travis is someone that I do life with every single Monday. We sit around a fire pit like this one right here, this exact one, if I know how to set it right. That's actually, the, that's actually the quickest that's ever lit, so that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> and so what happens is every Monday we sit around this fireplace with other guys and we just share life and, and we talk with each other and we pray for each other. And Travis is actually one of my band of brothers. And, and I wanted you to hear a little bit about Travis's story because it is powerful. And Travis just led us in worship. He serves here at the church. Um, and he also served in our junior high ministry, him and his wife Marlena, who's awesome. And uh, they served in our ministry for a long time. And maybe you don't know this, maybe you do, but Travis served in the military. And uh, Travis served as a Marine for four and a half years. And so I just wanna thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to do life with you, to sit around a fireplace on Monday and just really see what God's doing. But you're also one of the guys that when I share, you're praying for me. And um, knowing that tomorrow is Memorial Day, 
uh, we wanted to have a conversation with you because like I said, you were a Marine for four and a half years. And uh, knowing that tomorrow is Memorial Day, I wanted to just talk about where we remember the fallen. I know you personally have lost friends and people that are close to you. And so as we're talking about prayer and community, how were you able to process those losses? Did you have people around you that were like helping you process it? And what did that look like when you lost some of the people that are closest to you in your life? Yeah, you know, it, um, it's, it's funny. Those people may have been there, and I'm sure they were, but, uh, you know, as a, as a Marine, as a big bad Marine, just coming off a combat tour, I thought I could handle just everything that was coming at me. Um, unfortunately, I lost several friends and lost a really good friend in Fallujah. Um, and then a few months later, I actually got hurt myself. So when I came back home to the States, I really struggled with uh, just these notions of, of regret and, and emptiness. And, you know, I turned, turned inward, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. I really became isolated and became uh, focused on how can I fix this? And really, there was no answer there. Uh, through the years. So I turned to what the world had to offer. And as many of us already know, those things might be temporarily enjoyable, might give you a a short-term high, but really there's nothing, there's nothing everlasting in that. So I've, I struggled with depression, struggled with, um, with really facing who I was as a human. And thankfully, thank God that a good group of people came into my life, uh, especially my beautiful wife, Marlena, who we just celebrated nine years. Wow. Nine years, yeah. And so uh, luckily this group of people poured into me and was able to really show me what God had to offer. And so uh, that that influence really dragged me up. Without that and without God's love, I wouldn't be here today for sure. Mm, That's good. And I got to brag on Travis for a second because Travis is just, awesome. You would never know what Travis had, has experienced in his life. And he's literally one of those guys that's there on Mondays or when you were serving in junior high, you were literally there to listen to your students and just pray for your students. And you're there to listen to us and pray for us. And I think it's just awesome that you're, you're that person in our lives, but then in hopes we could be that person for you. And uh, as I got to hear your story, um, and I wish we had time for everybody to hear it because I'm not just saying this because you're up here. It is that powerful. You have an incredible story to share, which I'm glad we get to hear bits and pieces of it today. Um, but your story reminds me of what Paul writes in uh, 2 Corinthians, how he talks about God being our comforter. And how God is our comforter. And so therefore, because of that, we're able to be there and comfort other people. And I see how you live your life. And, and that's, that's you. And I also know just how much prayer means to you. And um, I guess my question is, would you be able to get past what tomorrow, Memorial Day, remembers, had it not been for God? Yeah, I mean, tomorrow's tough, right? Tomorrow, uh, Memorial Day uh, especially for those of us who served is bittersweet because yeah. it's not about us. It's about those who didn't come back with us. Yeah. And so one thing, one thing that I, I want to make very clear is that, it, it, you know, it doesn't make the pain any less. It doesn't make the pain disappear. But, you know, my, my perspective definitely changed. Mm-hmm. And so the impact of God in my life, you know, and, and, and uh, I mean, I believe it up here during worship, absolutely, those words that 
uh, even when I don't see it, you're moving, that the fact that God is working in our lives and we can rely on his promises and we have scriptural references that show us that there's pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning Amen. and that the psalmist builds into that. You know, uh, Memorial Day is tough, absolutely. And, uh, uh, and my life group guys know this. I've had a, I've had a crazy year yeah. and uh, over the past seven months losing both my parents and to cancer and uh, one of my great mentors from the Marine Corps actually passed away as well. Um, but, you know, through it all, God is still good. And um, like James says, you know, we count ourselves blessed when we endure these trials. And, and the fact that God's working on us through that, yeah. you know, without that kind of promise, without that kind of hope, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be here. I don't know where, where I would be. But, you know, uh, there, would, there would be no point. So for those of you who may be struggling, for those of you who think you're alone, I just want to let you know. Join a life group. Find those people who can build you up and not tear you down because those yeah. people will change your life. I was able to call these guys when I, when I was struggling personally, and I'm not the kind of guy who reaches out, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I was able to call Pastor Tim. I was able to call Steve. I was able to call Pastor Noah and say, hey, I have no idea what I'm going through. Yeah. Just talk with me. What's going on? What, how do we deal with this? And, you know, just having that support system is, is beautiful. But we have the ultimate support system in the fact that we have a God who loves us and is Amen. constantly working with us Amen. and gave us son so that we may live. And so tomorrow during Memorial Day, it's important to remember the lost. And we have the ultimate example of that, right? Yep. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You know, there's no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. And guess what? Jesus laid down his life for every single one of us. Yeah. And so in that, we are made whole. Amen. Wow, that was, that was really good, and thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story. Thank you for serving our country. Thank you for being here. Thank you for serving us faithfully with your gifts. Can we give it up for Travis? Hey, thank you. Thank you. And right now, I, I wanna give everybody, all of us in here, an opportunity to say yes to the Jesus that Travis is talking about, where joy comes in the morning, God as our comforter. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know those of you that are watching online, maybe you're away, maybe you're on the patio, maybe you're here today. And I truly believe that God is moving. I know that God is speaking and I know that God is doing a work in his house today. And so no matter where you are, I wanna give us right now, all of you, an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Where you're saying, Jesus, I want you. God, I want the comfort that comes. Maybe you're here and you had a, a terrible 2020, 2021. Maybe it's just been really, really difficult. Life is super messy and maybe you gave up on God. I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to him again. Maybe you're here and you've never really experienced God in the way that we've been talking about. And you've been coming to church, you've, you've been here, you've been trying to get connected, maybe you have been connected, but you wanna experience God in a real way. We're gonna pray a prayer in just a second where we say yes to Jesus, where we invite him into our hearts. And then after we pray this prayer, as we get ready to sing one more song of worship, I'm gonna invite you after you pray this prayer and believe it, which I hope you do, to we're all gonna stand up and I want you to make your way to an aisle and come forward and then head over here into our living room. We wanna give you some resources, we wanna give you a Bible. We ultimately wanna make sure you're seen and you're heard like we've been talking about today. 
But something happens when you pray that prayer and God meets you when you take that step forward. You say, yes, I'm recognizing that you're doing something in my heart and I'm gonna show everybody else around here and we just wanna stand and cheer. And so no matter where you are, no matter what your life looked like last night, no matter what decisions you made last week, I wanna give you all an opportunity to say yes to Jesus where you can invite him into your heart and you can receive that love, that peace, that comfort, that joy. And so with everybody's eyes closed, nobody looking around, would you repeat these words after me? And if that's you, would you wanna say yes to Jesus? Would you repeat these words? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I know that you love me. And I believe that you sent your son to die for me. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you heal me from hurt and pain? So I say yes to you. Yes to the life you have for me. I want you. I want that comfort. Would you make me new? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, if you received Jesus today, that is the most powerful moment of your life, and we are so excited for you. If you've made that decision, we would love to walk alongside you and take some next steps and give you some resources for you. So go to crossroadschurch.family. Let us know that you made that decision. We're not going to bother you, come to your door or anything. We really just want to make sure that you're not alone. That's right. And if you didn't make a, uh, if you didn't make a decision for Jesus today, you can click on I said yes on that crossroadschurch.family link. If you're just all also wanting to make a decision to take your next step today, there's a button at CrossroadsChurch.Family that says, I'm ready to take my next step. Go ahead and click on that. It's going to lead you to a page with a lot of different opportunities for you to take part in. Also, the ones that Pastor Steve talked about today, like Life Group, that's where you're going to find all of that information. So again, CrossroadsChurch.Family is the place to go to right now. But also, if this message resonated with you, we want to know. And I'm sure there are others in your life who would love to benefit from this message as well. You can click that share button, send it to them via email, and I'm sure it's going to be super impactful for them just in the same way it was for us today. Also, click the like button if it made a difference in your life. Leave us a comment. Let us know what resonated with you. We read every one of them that comes through and we reply to it. So thanks again for just taking part and engaging with us. That's right. And as you're sharing that message and taking your next steps, honestly, we'd love to see you back here at Crossroads. We have service every single Sunday at 9 a.m. live. Also on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Pastor Chuck gives us a special message there. So be sure to join us again as you're taking your next steps. Go have a good Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you right here next week at Crossroads Church.